0: You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Good morning, Redemption City Church. Great to be with you. Trust this finds you all well. Thank you for joining us whether you're on facebook live or youtube live whatever it is man we're so delighted that you've chosen to join with us this morning and uh i'm going to be reading out of luke chapter 19 we're going to read the first 10 verses but uh before i get there i just want to let you know man we've been praying as a church and uh we started off with the whole COVID 19 and the lockdown we started uh praying on zoom praying online together as a church. And then over the last couple of weeks, we've actually prayed online and here at the base. And uh, we have felt as elders, what we've tried to do with those prayer meetings is we've tried to, as elders, um, uh, have a conversation about those things and and we felt a theme. And so whether whether you're joining us online on Zoom or whether you're showing up here at the base, we're praying the same thing. We're praying the same theme, maybe not the exact specifics, but we're praying the same theme. And the burden that we felt as an eldership over the last little while, and I must say I'm truly grateful for the way the church has carried it, is this thing of praying for the lost, of praying for harvest time again. And so as we gathered here at the base on, uh, on Tuesday night, there was probably nine or ten of us, I guess, and we asked people to come forward with who they were trusting God for to see salvation come to those individuals. And like I said, nine or ten of us, And between the nine or ten of us, we wrote names on the board and we wrote over a hundred names on the board. I'm so grateful that actually this this kind of sense that we're feeling as an eldership for harvest time, that now's the day of salvation, is carried by people in the Life of Redemption City Church. And so that's what I want to speak on this morning. I want to speak on this thing of harvest time. But I also want to say this, that actually for some of you listening to this, maybe... Maybe somebody sends it to you, or maybe, or maybe you just have jumped on our on, on our Facebook or YouTube. I, I want to say maybe some of you that are watching this now or listening to this now, maybe some of your names were on that board. And uh, if if you are wondering, um, I want you to know that we're praying for you. We are praying that Jesus would make himself real in the lives of those people that are seeking him at this time. And so I want to say this again: it's it's harvest time. I'm going to read this text and we're going to make a few comments here real quick. And it's uh, Luke 19, the first 10 verses says this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now there's some truths in here, but before we do that, I, I just want to pray for us. Father, as we approach your word, would you lead us and guide us? Would you use your word to touch us and change us and challenge us, Father? But ultimately, Father, we 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 ask: Would this be harvest time for our friends and our families, co-workers, students, those that we've trusted you to see saved? Maybe some recently. Maybe some we've been trusting you for years. We ask Father for a breakthrough in this area of harvest. Um, use this word. Use this word this morning. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. So Luke 19 says this: Jesus. Entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Excuse me, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Now we've probably touched on that many times and I think the, the emphasis for us has always been on that last part that the Son of Man came to seek and to save to save what was lost. And I want to pick out a few truths out of that thing real quick as we go along. And the first one is this it tells us that Jesus was passing through Jericho. That's what the word says. Verse one Jesus was passing through Jericho. He had no intention of staying there, he had no intention of spending the night there. It was just a a a through trip. Um, as he was going out. And we can see there's a second part of that because the scripture tells us, the story tells us that that Zacchaeus had climbed up a sycamore fig tree. Now, in the culture of that day, they didn't plant those trees in town. They planted them a little ways out of town. And so in some ways, the the first verse says Jesus was passing through. The fact that Zacchaeus was up a sycamore fig tree meant that Jesus kind of already had passed through. He was on the outskirts of town, heading out of town when he looks up and sees this man in the tree and the second thing that we just need to understand here the second point is this is Zacchaeus was a despised individual he was despised and hated in that community he was a chief tax collector which meant he had become rich of overcharging overtaxing his fellow israelites he was a collaborator of rome rome was seen as a suppressive power over israel at that time and he was, was an Israelite that had collaborated with Rome to charge his fellow Israelites taxes, but not just to charge them taxes and pass it on to Rome. He was overcharging them. And the system of the day, only the tax collector really knew what the taxes were that Rome um, needed from them. And so he could basically he could charge people anything and keep the difference. The fact that he became wealthy and the fact that he was a chief tax collector meant that he had done that. He had overcharged. He had taken more from people that Rome demanded. And uh, that's how he had become rich. And so Jesus understood that. Jesus absolutely understood that. And so what we have to understand is this when Jesus sees Zacchaeus, this despised individual, this hated individual, and he looks up in the fig tree, the sycamore fig tree, his His address of Zacchaeus could have been far different. It could have gone something more like this. Zacchaeus, you thief. You've betrayed your God and your people. You've sided with the enemy. You've sided with the oppressor. These people's hatred and despising of you is fully justified. That's what Jesus could have said because that was the absolute truth. And yet, that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus does. He says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down, I've got to stay at your house today. Now, again, in that Middle Eastern culture, hospitality was a was a was was a way to honor somebody. And so this hated, despised individual that is up in the up in the sycamore factory, Jesus looks up at him and in some way the fact that he says, I want to stay at your house today. So he, so his mission in, in, in going through uh Jericho suddenly changed. And he goes, okay, I'm not going to go through. I'm going to stay. And this individual that is hated and despised, I'm going to bestow honor on him and stay at his house. I want to say this, friends. We can read those things and we can go, what is going on here? Is this opposite day in the kingdom? What's going on here? It's not. This is the grace, the love and the kindness of God lived out in Jesus and demonstrated for us who can come thousands of years later and read this text with understanding the culture and understanding some of these truths, and we can read these things and we can go, wow, the grace of the gospel, the goodness of God, the kindness of God. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us. We're in a land there. The Bible tells us it is the kindness of God that leads to repentance. God doesn't come at us with a big stick. He comes at us with love and grace and mercy and that kindness of us, that kindness of God towards us. Is what leads our heart to repentance and leads our heart to look up to Him in worship and adoration. But of course, the people of the day, the people in that city, the people to whom the grace of the gospel had not come, the people who did not understand the truth about the goodness of God and the kindness of God, they start to complain and they say, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus is becoming more aware of the grace and the kindness of God and comes to repentance. It's the only way we can read his statement. Verse 8, look, Lord. And there's some truth right in there, the fact that he calls Jesus Lord. And the disciples call Jesus Lord, and he says to his disciples in the book of Matthew, he says, you call me Lord and Savior, and that is good, because that is who I am. And I want to tell you, friends, there's, there's a truth in here. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to work our way through it, but... It seems somehow in our, in our day, many people want a Savior, but they don't want a Lord. Yes, Lord, save me from my sins. Yes, Lord, save all this thing, but don't tell me what to do. Yes, Lord, save me, but don't ask me to change my lifestyle. But Jesus truly is Lord and Savior. And in the in, in Zacchaeus' opening statement, he affirms that. Look, Lord. And then he goes, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. We can only read that as a statement of repentance. I want to say, imagine that in our day. Imagine somebody coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the goodness and the kindness of God and changing their lifestyle. That is actually what it means to repent. It means we give up on our sin, we face around, we've been walking away from God and when the goodness and the kindness and the love and the mercy of God breaks into our lives, we we stop facing into our sin and we start facing into the love and the kindness and the goodness of God. Seems like such a foreign... Concept in our day, but it is absolutely borne out by Scripture. The Scriptures do not even know and recognize that kind of salvation, where we can we can make some kind of of affirmation of of Jesus. Yes, You are Lord. Yes, save me. But actually, I can carry on living in my sin and carry on doing whatever it was. There is this thing of repentance. There is an there is an understanding of repenting of my sin that that I'm not in some ways. Uh, representing what was, but I'm now starting in my life, and the outworking of my life, I'm starting to represent who Jesus was, who my heavenly Father is. And as we walk with the Lord, and as that is more and more outworked in our lives, that's exactly what happens. We become ambassadors of the kingdom. These things, Zacchaeus' statement of repentance, as I said, for me, that's the only way we can read that. These things cause Jesus to say, today, today, well, let me tell you, that is exactly what we're preaching. We're preaching on harvest time. We're preaching on harvest time. And so we, I want to tell you, today is a season of harvest. Today is a season of harvest. And so the word that Jesus pulls out there, he go, he says this. He goes, today, now, this time, today, salvation has come to this house. And that word salvation, again, we've touched on it often, but it's that Greek word that says sozo. And so it means this, saved, healed, and delivered. And so Jesus is looking at Zacchaeus and he says, salvation, sozo has come to this house. In other words, Zacchaeus has been saved. He has been healed and he has been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. What an incredible thing. He's been saved. Yes, Lord, look, Lord, he's repented. He's come to some kind of spiritual, emotional healing through this thing. And he's been delivered from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Ma, ma, what an incredible story of grace. <clears throat> and then Jesus concludes with this. The Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And the NIV Bible says this, the NIV Study Bible says this, this is a chief, uh, um, a great statement of the chief purpose of why Jesus came to the earth. What an incredible story out of that scripture. I'm going to touch on a few things real quick as we close. Number one, we need to be aware of, of the opportunities to share the gospel, even when they interrupt our journey, even when they interrupt our journey, even when they interrupt our plans, um, Jesus remember was going through Jericho. He's on his way out of town, and he looks up and sees this man that is in need of salvation. And instead of he he in, instead of getting in conflict with him, like we said, saying Zacchaeus, you thief, you cheat, you whatever, he says today. I want to, I want to bestow on on you. I want to show you. I want to demonstrate to you the love and the kindness and the mercy of God. And then again, point number two: Zacchaeus was despised, yet Jesus reached out to him. And I, I want to ask you: Who are the despised of our day, friends? Who are the despised of our day? Could I suggest to you, in this in this current climate, it seems like the despised of our days. anybody that thinks differently to us. And let me tell you, friends, that's a, that, is a, a, that is going to be a giant problem. It's going to be a giant challenge to us in terms of spreading the gospel. To anybody that thinks differently to us on any number of topics political, issues of race and justice, issues of pro life or pro choice, to mask or not to mask. My biggest challenge in wearing a mask is that when I've got a mask on, people can't see how awesome my beard is. It's a, it's a challenge for me. But it, it just seems like it, it just seems like some of these things have, have, have just generated so much emotion and, and hatred and, and despising of people. It's like we've we've just got this thing where, where I'm r- I'm right and I have to be right and I need to be right and I need to impose my rightness on you which again is not anything that Jesus did. Jesus was absolutely validated in saying, Zacchaeus, you thief, you cheat, you collaborator of Rome, and yet he doesn't. He bestows honor and shows love and mercy and grace. And can I I, I challenge you this morning, friends, that is the challenge that still stands before us as believers. If we're going to be ambassadors of Christ, if we're going to live Christ-like, we're going to have to find ways to bestow honor. We're going to have to find ways to, to show love and mercy and grace even in the heat of some of these debates that we are having in our day. I want to say that, friends, if we can do that, we will be better witnesses. If we can do that, we'll be better witnesses. We'll be better ambassadors of Christ. That thing of bestowing honour and showing love and mercy and grace is to be Christ-like in our day. If we can do that, we'll see much more gospel fruit in our lives. If we can do that, if we can live more like Jesus, then those 100 plus names that we wrote on the board, and I'm sure online they did a similar thing, those those 100 plus names, and, and let me tell you, we've done that over a couple of weeks, so I don't even know over a couple of weeks how many names we, we, we might have collectively written down. Conservatively, maybe 300 or 400. It's those people that we have to be this to. You doing okay? We follow Jesus' example. We will love people more than our agendas. We will love people more than our opinions, and we will allow the love of God according to Romans five five. Romans five five says it's the love of God that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's 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 easy to love the lovable. That's the whole point of the story. Zacchaeus was despised. How do we love those people? How do we love people that are different to us? How do we love people that that are at least in our mind and in our our heart, sometimes unlovable. How do we love people that are contrary to us? We love them with a love of God that is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5, the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I can love people that are different to me. I can love people that think differently to me. I can love people that look differently to me because it is the love of God that is shed into my heart. And it's the overflow of the love of God towards those people, the overflow of the love of God, the overflow of the kindness of God that will lead those people to repentance, not us trying to win arguments. Which brings me to my third point. We are called to win disciples, not arguments. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them speaks of repentance and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Teaching them to obey is going to be hard if we are living contrary to the word of God. Some of these points are hard, I know. And I get intense and my wife is standing behind the camera telling me to smile. So I'm going to smile in a minute. Teaching them to obey has nothing to do with our agendas or our opinions or our political stance. It has got nothing to do with it, but everything to do with the love of God poured out into our hearts and the overflow of that love towards those people. We're convinced as an eldership, friends, that it's harvest time. We're convinced that it's harvest time. And I want to ask you, like I said, we've written names on boards and put names on on the Zoom chat, and we've prayed for those names, and we've continued to pray for those names. And I want to ask you in this time, friends, who are you trusting God for? Who are you trusting God to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Maybe it's someone who knew God. Maybe it's somebody who knew the Lord and walked with the Lord, but now they've stepped away, they've walked away. And and typically we would say the prodigal. Somebody that was home, but has gone on a journey and we want to see them come home. Who is it that you are trusting God for? I want to tell you, friends, this is harvest time. This is time for us to reach out again and again and again to the lost, the hurt, and the broken. But we reach out with the love of God and the grace of God and the kindness of God. It will be the kindness of God that leads them to repentance. That really is testimony. You've heard me share it before. Uh, living in this little village in, in Zuliland, in this little, tiny, little church. I was completely unsaved. I got chicken pox as an adult. When you get those childhood diseases as an adult, you get real sick. That church looked after me. I was completely unsaved, completely unsaved. That church looked after me. They brought me three cooked meals a day for like 10 days. They brought me books and they checked in on me and asked me if they could do shopping for me. I I was unsaved, completely unsaved. And yet this church had something of this truth had gripped that little church that by the love and the kindness and the mercy of God demonstrating those things to this heathen, that there was something in that. And I want to tell you, I didn't get saved right then, but I want to say this, when I did get saved, I knew which church to go to because that church had already showed me that they loved for me and cared for me and were kind to me and loving towards me. That's exactly my testimony. I can honestly say in my life, and and I I was a sinner. I was a a good sinner. I I was a great sinner. And I was a happy sinner. I wasn't unhappy in my sin. And yet the goodness and the kindness of God broke into my life. It really was the goodness and the kindness. God could have absolutely come at me with a big stick, like he could have with Zacchaeus. You thief, you cheat, you robber, whatever it was, he could have come with that. And yet how God came to me was with love and goodness and kindness. I'm going to leave with two scriptures, friends. Romans 2, from verse 1, says this, Therefore you have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else for whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. God's judgment is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them, and yet you do the same thing, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt, listen, or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, His forbearance, and His Patience in not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. What a beautiful text! God's kindness is there to lead us back to our heavenly Father. Titus verse three, Titus chapter three verse one. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient to, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate. Well, we need some of that in our day, and always to be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too who were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures—I feel like this is my life story. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous. Things that we had done, but because of his mercy. It's harvest time, friends. It's harvest time, church. It's time for us to reach out again and again and again. We pray, we pray as an eldership, we're praying as a church. It's time for us to be Christ's ambassadors, to go about this thing the way Christ went about it, by demonstrating love and mercy and grace and bestowing honor even when there's nothing to honor bestowing love when there's nothing to love, just um, showing kindness when maybe that's exactly the opposite of what we feel. It's harvest time, friends. If we can step into this, I'm convinced in this time, we're we're going to see friends and family and all kinds of people come back to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to this message this morning, and you're saying, well, those are some cool stories, man, but I, I don't know if that's for me. I want to tell you absolutely it is. The Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. I, I don't believe that there's anybody that is beyond salvation. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. And I believe Scripture would bear that out. There is nobody that is beyond salvation. And so if you're listening to that and you're like, well, I've got to get my life cleaned up first, that is exactly wrong thinking on this thing. We, we cannot, impossible, we cannot do a single thing to deserve the love and the mercy and the grace of God. We receive the love and the mercy and the grace of God because of what Jesus did, not because of anything I can do. And so if, if that's you this morning and you say, man, I, I, I haven't heard it like that before. Maybe I'm stirring and I, I just, I, I want to take my first steps. I, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for you and just say, would you open your life? Would you open your heart to the love and the mercy and the grace and the kindness of our God? And come to repentance that's the story of the gospel in a nutshell friends so father if there is anybody like that listening this morning I pray father that you would make yourself real to them that you would come to them in your love and your mercy and your grace and your kindness you would show them you would demonstrate to them as Jesus did to Zacchaeus you would demonstrate to them Lord how good you are how kind you are how loving you are and in that place father their hearts will be turned towards you in repentance and worship and adoration. If there's somebody that's wavering this morning, Father, I ask that you give them courage. Just stir them even now. Just stir them even now by your Spirit. Just put that little ounce of courage in them to say, yes, that's me. I'm done with the way I was walking. I want to be delivered out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. I want to serve you and love you the way you have loved and shown your kindness to me. And I pray for believers listening to this message, Father, would you give us again the grace and the courage and the kindness to reach out, Lord, but to reach out the way you did, by displaying love, mercy, kindness, grace. And in that place, Father, as we pray for our friends and our family and our co-workers, whoever we're praying for, Father, would you put... Would you put that thing back in us? As we said, Romans 5, 5, the love of God poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Would you put that in us and would you give us that extra measure, Lord, to be able to reach out and love again and show your mercy and your grace again, trusting, Father, that you are good for your word, that it would be your kindness that would lead our friends and our families to the saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name. God bless you, friends. We love you. And uh, so delighted by the life of God in this church, even though we haven't been able to gather. Hoping to have some news for you very, very, very soon on what that can look like for us. So God bless you. Um, Stay strong, stay well. And uh, let's reach out. It's harvest time, friends. Absolutely harvest time. God bless you.